Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt, and I am your host. Welcome. All right. So we're going to do a little bit of a thinking activity today. Uh, And I'm labeling this number one because I actually had uh, an amazing experience the last couple days with my study. And there's been a lot that I feel like I've been given. Um, So we're going to have a series of thinking activities. This is number one. All right. Okay. So the human mind uh, believes that once it has kind of named and defined a thing that it knows it. Right. If you want to know about something, you can go look in uh, a dictionary for its definition. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, dating myself, but when I was growing up, you could go look in the encyclopedia. You know, I can't remember how many hundreds of dollars my parents invested in encyclopedias. And quite frankly, uh, at some point we weren't looking at the encyclopedias anymore. We were using them under the couch to kind of support, uh, the springs that had let loose. Uh, nowadays, obviously we have Google, you can Google it. You can find out all kinds of things, right? Now, we, we kind of know that that's not true, or I'm hoping you know that, that, that just because you have named it, you've defined it, you've described it, doesn't mean that you know it, right? So think about um, a person, right? Do you truly know that person? You know, here I am in a, in a business where I teach people, okay, how do you find your strengths? What's your personality style? Um, what work do you prefer? You know, really trying to know you and that's a full-time job, but to know another person too, or what about an event, right? Take a current event. And do you really know all the sides about that event or a problem or a thing or a feeling or awareness? Take anything, right? I'll give you a great example. In high school, uh, I played four sports a year, but my absolute favorite sport that I played in, in college was volleyball. I could probably play volleyball all day long. There's something about the sport that really drew me in. Uh, I won awards and different things for um, being uh, a front row player. Uh, Blocking was my specialty. I could have dozens of blocks in one game. I loved it. Um, Not so good as a back row player, but that's okay. We all have our strengths, right? Uh, But in high school, I was asked uh, in speech class, we had to do a demonstration speech. So we had to um, tell people or explain to people, demonstrate for them in some manner. So I chose that I was going to explain how um, the, the switching process, if you will, in volleyball. I'm not going to give the whole speech here. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that someday. Maybe not because it's kind of boring. But long story short, I showed up with my little uh, felt board and, and the um, diagram. And I showed people what was happening on the court Uh, you know, you're there, you're a spectator, you're watching, you see that there's a lot of movement and, and that, you know, if there's movement ahead of time or movement in a different way, you might have the rough call on that. And you're unsure, like, why is that even a thing? Right? So here I showed them, okay, if this happens before this happens, you're going to get a fault. And this is why you see these two people holding hands and, you know, this, that, and the other. I thought it went pretty well, by the way. Uh, so the point is that I was demonstrating it, the process, right? However, 
if you've never played the game of volleyball, you've never experienced that. You never felt that, right? So sure, you can tell me the process. So kind of like naming and defining, you can tell me what the process is. But do you truly know what it's like to play volleyball and to go through that process? Well, no, right? Um, I've got a, a sister, God love her. She's doing the best she can in life. Uh, she is a teacher. Um, she has no children of her own. Uh, and she has a very specific way of dealing with parents or family members of children. Um, she thinks she's being helpful. And in some cases she is. However, her perspective of not having children colors the way that she thinks these parents should be in interacting with their children. And so because she thinks I'm the teacher, I know how children learn. I'm going to tell you what you need to do, right? So from her perspective, she has this name, she has it defined, she has this system that she thinks you should use. Doesn't work for everybody because everybody has a different experience. Okay. Doesn't make it wrong or bad. It just doesn't work for everybody. Here's another example. Um, take a, um, a, any current event right now. I don't care what it is. Okay. There will be political talking points for whichever side there is. I don't even care which side. Again, remember this podcast is not teaching you about what to think. We're just here to say, are you thinking and what's your evidence for that? Okay. I don't care what your political beliefs are. You can have them, whatever that is for you, right? But every side of a pol political debate has talking points, right? That's kind of the thing. They, they tell people, hey, listen, here you go. Depending on which news station you listen to, they will tell you what the talking points are. And if you're not aware enough, you will think that that's news. No, it's just the talking points. It doesn't mean that you know about that current event. Right. This is where a lot of people in the last few years have not um, truly understood, you know, things like um, Black Lives Matter movement. Right. Because you're not in it. You're not experiencing it. You, you may be tangential at best. And so when people are telling you, let me tell you my experience with this, you've got someone who has put a name and a definition on it and said, this is what this is. But yet the person who's having that experience and living it is saying, no, actually, that's not. Let me tell you more. Okay. This is a human condition. You know, our brains are pattern seeking devices. So once you have something named and defined and you think you know what it is, right, that is a normal process. That's how our brains work. But this is, I love this term. This is the smugness of egoic knowledge. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. The smugness of egoic knowledge. Now listen, when I say that I'm talking to you about this podcast, I need you to understand the you included in there is me. So I have checked myself on this and I know that there are places where I have thought I had it figured out, right? whether it be a pe person or uh, a process or a situation. So now this is like really on my radar, okay? This is, again, a reason why we're going to spend a good chunk of the next few days doing these thinking activities that I have done for myself because I know that they're working for me. 
and I can see the potential to really kind of um, change my thinking. Okay, so we don't want to be smug in, in our knowledge that we think we already have it all figured out. Now, let me say this, you know, we, we do have to communicate with other people. So when we are using language and words and definitions and meanings of things, you know, we're doing that to be able to communicate, right? There's a, language is a um, systems of definitions and meanings so that we can each understand each other. Um, but your definition and my definition might be very different. Okay. Um, honestly, I'll be, you know, as I go about and I'm learning more and more about communication over time, the more I realize that, wow, it's amazing that any of us actually communicate anything of importance. It really is. Okay. Here, here's a very simple example. How would you define family? I can guarantee you if we polled 100 listeners, we'd have at least 80 different definitions. Some of them very close, but probably 80 different ones. How would you define support? What is being supportive or being supported? What does that mean to you? How would you define love? That's a bigger one, right? So if we're in these, you know, communities, whether it be in our personal or professional lives, and we've got this like family, supportive, loving environment, what in the world does that mean? Do you see why I say it's amazing that we even communicate sometimes? Yeah. If you don't think that people have a different definition of that, let that be the topic of your next staff meeting. Just ask people, what do you think family, support, and love mean? And see what happens. Okay. So I want to get to the activity, this exercise. All right. Um, so <laughs> there's the first part of it is doing it alone. And then the second part is if you have a trusted person that you can do this with a partner, that would be great. Okay. Um, so the first thing that you're going to do is you're going to pick whatever you want to work with for this. So, um, sometimes I, I will, uh, try to work with a feeling or maybe a desire, like a dream, or you can even pick a, an inanimate object. Okay. So, um, let's say I want to use my favorite chair, right? So as I'm recording this, I'm sitting in my rocking chair. I love it. I purchased it myself several years ago as I was getting ready for my, my hip surgery and recovery. I love this chair. Okay. So first of all, name it, right? So this is my favorite chair. Um, define it. So actually come up with a definition of your favorite chair. If you were to put it in a dictionary, what definition might you give it? Okay. Also explain your experience in your favorite chair. So I have had many experiences in this chair. Uh, I'm not going to list them all out for you. Lately, this is a, an electrical chair, uh, which has got several different buttons for, for going up and down. And for whatever reason, the plug in the back comes undone very easily these days. And so uh, part of my experience is I may be laying here, you know, working on my computer, having a great time, needing to use the restroom, and 
the buttons don't work. And then I have to call one of my kids to come in, plug me in so I can get out of the chair so I can <laughs> do what I need to do. So that is part of my experience with my favorite chair. Now your favorite chair might be a very different definition, explanation and experience, okay? You can also do this with anything. So pick a feeling. You know, what are you feeling right now? Can you name it? Can you define that feeling? Can you explain the experience that you're having in your body and in your thinking and your emotions when you're having that feeling? You can also do this with things that are a little more abstract, like a dream or a desire, right? So think about a goal, a dream or a desire that you have, you know, name it define it and explain the experience you want to have. Okay. Again, we're just practicing here. Okay. This is nothing earth shattering. We're not going to go change the world with, with this. We're just playing around with our thoughts. Okay. The second part of this activity is to find a partner. So a safe person, you're going to do the same thing. Okay. Um, first of all, describe for them what you're doing, that we're just playing around with our thoughts and, and trying to figure out, you know, um, how do we think maybe alike or differently. Um, choose the same thing. Okay. Um, so again, you could choose um, to say, hey, uh, name, define, and explain your experience of whatever you're feeling in your body right now. And then you could do the same. Okay. And then share with each other. Now, those are most likely going to be very different, especially if you have different feelings, right? Then what you could do, you could also put the dream and desire and things in there too. Again, those are going to be very different, but here's where it gets kind of tricky. So you could choose a term like love, right? Or you could choose a problem that maybe you're both experiencing and you could do the same thing with it. This is great if you're going to do this with, let's say, somebody um, in your family and you're facing like a financial tr troubles or something, or you're at work and you've got some, some challenges at work. So you could sit together and say, okay, now you name the problem, you define what the problem is, and you explain your experience related to this problem. I'm going to do the same and then let's share after. Okay. Again, can you see how this would be a great uh, kind of leadership slash staff meeting exercise? You know, if you're, if you're all experiencing the same problem and you say, all right, name the problem, define the problem, you explain your experience with the problem, let's all share. Oh my gosh, you're going to get so many different perspectives. Okay. So once you have uh, shared that, you know, ask yourself, what, what's the same? What's different? Um, what are the different perspectives that are being shared on this? Now you're talking about the same thing, right? So you would think because we're talking about the same problem that we're going to think differently about it, right? No, <laughs> that's not how it goes. I'll give you a great example. So uh, about six months ago, I was doing some strategic planning um, in a leadership team. Uh, this was a company that was referred to me. Uh, it's actually more of a local company. That's why I decided to work with them because I could stay local. Uh, and uh, I could, I came in, I did um, a full day of activities with them. There were 12 people on their leadership team. And um, these 12 people were 
in charge of leading 450 employees. Okay. So it's a bigger company. Um, and I spent a full day with them. We created a three-year plan, uh, lots of different activities, some of them very, you know, strategic planning oriented. Uh, we came up with their mission, vision, values, goals, timelines, things like that. But here's the thing that I have changed in my strategic planning process over the years. Because we used to just say, okay, there you go. There's a plan. Now go do it. However, now that I'm Site K trained and the more that I know about the process of change, the more I realize we can come up with the best plan ever. And if there is some sort of belief inside you that is not in alignment with that plan, it does not matter. It's not going to happen. So your belief drives your behavior. It's really great if your beliefs match with your plans because then it will happen no matter what, okay? So what we did with this team is I said, okay, listen, we can't just leave it at this. We've got to do some mindset work and I promise it's going to be pretty simple. I said, um, we've got, let's come up with five things that your team, everybody on your team, especially your leadership team, needs to believe in order to make this plan happen. So we spent a good 45 minutes coming up with what these five things were. And they were rock solid. I mean, very in alignment with the plan. And I was like, absolutely, I totally agree with you. So then what we did, um, using some, uh, some skills that I learned in my training, how to use Site K for business, um, I was able to uh, use the Psyche process with each one of those 12 members and test to see which beliefs that they had. So you got your numbers one through five. Okay. So we had a couple people on the team who already had all five of those beliefs that were, were very strong. They didn't need any work. We also had a couple people that they had none of them not a one of them. It's like, okay, great. And we had everybody in between. Okay. So what we did was we went and we did the psyche process to make sure every single person on that team had all five beliefs. Why? Because it's not about your mission, vision, values, goals, plans, all of that. It's underneath <laughs> you. If you each have a different experience, or relationship with the, the ideas and the reality that you're creating, right? So one, one lady said, actually, I love that plan. I think it's a great plan. But she had a lot of fear around her ability to do her part because she was so overworked. So we had to work on that part first. That was her experience in the midst of all of this. So the people who had didn't need any work, their experience in reality up to that point said, yeah, I, let's go, let's do this, right? But then you had people who were like, wait a minute, I've got a lot of reservations. I have a different reality with this plan than you do. Does that make sense? So that I wanted to share that because it's not just about, you know, your own thinking, but when you're coming together in a group, again, remember, I can't, I can't, it's just, it's amazing that we even communicate. You would think, oh, we're all on board because, you know, here's the plan. Now, wait a minute. Your experience underneath is going to drive your ability to show up or not. Right? 
So let's stop making assumptions of what we and other people think and start asking, right? That, that's what I'm trying to get you to think about here doing this thinking activity is, is asking yourself, well, wait a minute, what, what is my experience of this thing that I just kind of go about life, you know, my favorite chair? I take it for granted. Have I really sat and thought about what's my experience with this chair? What is the experience of others with my chair, right? Two totally different things. But have fun with this. Okay, because it's not just about your, your, your chair. It's about how you interact with other people in all parts of your life. Okay. All right, go have fun thinking. And with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right, bye-bye.